All right. Here we go. Welcome to Talk Bookie to Me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is so much more <laughs> awkward than I expected. Okay. All right. So this is going to be episode zero. It's kind of like our trailer episode. Um, the goal here is just to kind of explain who we are, introduce a little bit of our reading habits and stuff like that. Uh, just kind of set the vibe for everything. Yeah. Okay. Everything is vibes. Right. That's that's kind of what we're working with. So um, <clears throat> I think the best thing that we can do first really is kind of introduce the structure of the podcast. We should probably introduce ourselves. You want to start with us? Okay. Well, yeah, we have names. I know we have names. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah, we need to tell them what our names <laughs> that's, are. That's right. Uh, so we're the co-hosts of this show. Um, my name's Felicia. My name's Aaron. Um, and now the structure for yes. the show. Okay, all right. So... <laughs> Um, so what we plan to do with this show, it's going to be more of a conversational podcast about books and like book-related things. The goal is to put out three episodes a month. Um, first episode of the month will be us introducing sort of the theme for the month, um, whatever we kind of come up with month to month related to holidays or events. Or oh, Those are going to be the easy ones, is the holidays. Yeah, like the designations for things I think will be pretty good. Um but we're going to introduce that. Um, we'll talk a little bit about books that we purchased recently. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, our excitements for the month, what we're looking forward to that's coming out that month. And we'll talk about our kind of current TBR and set some reading goals for the rest of the month. Um, and then what are we going to do for our middle of the month episode? Um, that really just updates us like where we are on our reading journey. Um, maybe some new book news because, you know, we probably don't get around to like reviews and stuff in the beginning of the month. So in the middle of the month, we're probably going to do more like book news. So that segment's going to be a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we'll talk about what we're currently reading because I'm sure we're going to be currently reading something or in my case, probably reading like four things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that'll be our segment two, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The second episode is going to be like all of those updates. And so that's probably where a lot of conversation is going to come in because, We'll actually have a couple weeks of reading to talk about, and new stuff will have came out, and I'm sure we would have bought some more books by that point, Always. things like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last episode of the month is whenever we're just going to kind of catch up on our goals. Uh, we'll see how far we made it, see if we completed our TBR, see if we added some stuff that we finished up, and then we'll probably give like some light reviews of and the like books a, we like finished. high and low situation yeah maybe best of for sure not so best of yeah like some minor kind of like award type stuff uh we have pets in the house i'm gonna go ahead and say that too uh in case we can't edit out some of the the noises we, there's a cat and two dogs in here so there's gonna be some interruptions from time to time like that scratch that was on the door just then so Um, But yeah, so the last episode of the month um, will be kind of that type of stuff and also a brief teaser of just what we're going to be doing the following month. And that'll be uh, the very last day of the month is whenever that one will come out. So um, we're hoping to do kind of like the first of the month, the 15th of the month, and then the last day of the month, um, just whatever days of the week those happen to follow on. Yeah, which means there are going to be back-to-back episodes, but I mean, it's a monthly structure, not necessarily a yearly structure. So. Yeah, yeah, and and a big thing about this too is that it's going to be uh, it's going to be kind of loose. I mean, we're going to keep things fairly conversational. 
um, and like you know the thematic stuff will move around a little bit. We might change up some segments as we go throughout right, the show and, and stuff. Right, depending on time and stuff like that, we might do like bonus episodes or stuff. So right, we'll see. yeah, yeah. I'm assuming there'll be a few of those as well. Um, but that's the general kind of structure of the show. That's what we're thinking about doing for that, at least for now. Things might change. It's always in flux, but for now, that's that's what we're going to focus on. Um, and each episode of the show, each like standard episode of the show, we're going to have. Uh, we're also going to kind of divide that up into segments. Um, the first segment of each episode is going to be some news. Uh, any reviews that came out that month that we're interested in, stuff that we're excited about, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, that kind of middle segment, uh, we'll be talking about the TBR updates, things like that. We will also, at least at the first of the month, be exchanging books um, because that's something that we do. Do you want to talk about that? Um, so <laughs> we basically decided this year that we were going to buy each other a themed book every single month. So that we were constantly exchanging, like, gifts, I guess, is the, probably the best way to put it. Yep. Um, because we did a 12 Days of Christmas last Christmas, where we exchanged 12 different books leading up to Christmas. And we wanted to continue that theme on through the rest of the year, so that it felt like Christmas all the time. Um, <laughs> sometimes we don't do it at the beginning of the month, so hopefully having a show structure based on that, we'll be able to actually keep that trend going. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, we just, we buy each other a book because at this point we kind of know each other's reading habits and, and what we would like and, and what we want the other person to read kind of too. Um, and then we just get them a book and we exchange. It's been really fun so far. Yeah, so we're going to, we're adding that to the show as part of the show just because it's going to be like a little surprise because we never know what we bought for each other usually. We have to kind of keep an eye on each other's lists and what we purchased and stuff. <laughs> One of those lists is harder than the other. Well, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Um <laughs> But um, And then the third segment of the show, um, we'll just kind of do a quick uh, recommendations, whether it's book-related stuff or other things to recommend, um, and then you know plug social media stuff for the show, um, and then just kind of wrap things up. That'll be kind of the quickest part of it. Um, but that's kind of the loose structure that we're hoping to have for the actual episodes of the show as we go, out, go throughout the month as well. It's like we're just cutting everything into threes, I think. Yeah. So, that's what we're working with. So... Um, all right. Anything else about kind of the structure of the show or what we're doing with that? I think so. Okay. So I guess now the kind of important part of this trailer or episode zero, whatever you want to call it, uh, is going to be kind of getting to know us. Because if there's any podcast that any podcast that I've listened to, the number one thing is you got to know like what the people read or what video games they play or what movies they enjoy <laughs> or something like that. That way you can start kind of identifying with them and you can take their recommendations a little more seriously, I guess. So we're going to try to do that, and we have a couple of different uh, categories to list off some favorites and things like that. So what category do you want to... Well, I also actually wanted to start with like our reading background, because we kind mm. of mentioned it a little bit. Um, and I, just, I think that this is going to be for all reading types, mm -hmm. because I'm a fast reader, but Erin is not a fast reader. No, not at all. <laughs> um, I... I actually literally read two times the speed that he does, mm -hmm. and that's fine because he has like a real job that takes <laughs> right. a lot of time, <laughs> and I can listen to audiobooks at my job. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of that kind of does help me get my reading goals in. Mm -hmm. um, basically, I read anywhere between ten to twenty books a month. Yeah. Um, last year, I read one hundred and two books total, and 
I don't know, I think you read, what, 50, I think? I think it's 50 or 51. Right, yeah. so like literally half. Right, yeah. Um, and then the same thing as month to month, Aaron will read like five. Mm-hmm. And so I do want to point out that this is really going to be, we want to, we want to make people know that like it's fine. If you only read 10 books a year or two books a year or one book a year, I mean, that's fine. It's not a big deal. <laughs> if you read 200 books a year, that's good too. Apparently, I can't do that because I always take a few months off for reading. So, I, I want, I think what I really want is for people to not be intimidated by, like, my numbers specifically. Mm-hmm. Because I know that people read faster than I do, and I try to compare myself to them, and you shouldn't. Like, there's not, like, a comparison game. That's right. not, the reading is fun. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like you directed that disclaimer at me specifically <laughs> because I'm always... <laughs> Well, I always, I always am trying to read more, and I'm always kind of lagging behind a little bit. But like, I mean, kind of like you said, we need to talk a little bit about our background with reading and experiences. Right. Um, I mean, I, I studied English. I, I've got a degree in English, um, and specifically focused on literature. And the way that they teach you to read books in at a university is much different than reading for enjoyment. I mean, it's. Right. You have to hyperanalyze. You have to train your brain. Yeah, yeah. You're still like taking time with each page, Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important. Like, I mean, we talked about this probably since we first met. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't read filler words. I don't read and the. I don't read she said he said. I just kind of read the conversation and fill in the gaps. Yeah, and that's not always a good thing. Right. I do know that I can miss stuff, and I do know that it's harder to analyze something when you do that. And so I do appreciate the type of reading that you do. Yeah. Because you, like, sit with it. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, for better or worse, I mean, because there's some stuff that you don't need to analyze on that <laughs> level. Like, it's just not necessary. And and it makes it a little more tiring to read at that pace as well. Like, I, I'll catch myself getting really sleepy almost every time that I read, especially the later in the day that I start right. reading. And it's just very difficult. No matter how simple or easy the book is to get into or how engaged I am with it, it is just exhausting. Yeah, and something those, like that doesn't really allow for, like, nighttime reading before yeah. bed. <laughs> and, th- and those habits are really hard to break, I think. But but I do think that I think that the pace of reading is, I mean, obviously pretty different between the two of us. Um, but our genre interests and stuff like that overlap yeah, a decent yeah, amount. Yeah, really do. I mean, it's um, getting a lot closer. So I do think that the structure that we do, um, where we choose books for each other, does broaden what we read. Yeah. And on top of that, at the beginning of the year, we kind of gave each other a 10-book challenge. Right. Where it was 10 books that I wanted him to finish by the end of the year and 10 books that he wanted me to finish by the end of the year. Right. And that that has definitely broadened our reading scope. Oh, absolutely. Um, And because of the influence with each other, that's why our reading tastes are overlapping more. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think that's a great thing because I think that... You know, just like any other kind of art that you enjoy reading in particular, the more broadly you read, the, you tend to start learning more about yourself and the world around you and stuff like that. And you start to enjoy the hobby a little bit more. So I think that's something that's important to do. But um, do you want to jump into some of our favorites yeah. now or do we need a little more background? Or Well, I do want to just quickly say yeah, um, I did go to school for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was studying literature for a little bit. I didn't get really deep into it. But my mom is an English teacher. So reading has always been kind of in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to get in trouble for reading after dark. I used to get in trouble for reading at cla- in class. Um, 
when we were supposed to do a recess, I would bring my book out. Like, I always had a book. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just a little bit about, like, what I read. And I also grew up in a time where, like, pizza parties were a thing. Whenever you read a certain amount or whatever, you got a pizza party. Mm-hmm. Um, AR reading was, you know, oh, yeah. drilled yeah. into our brains. So, right. <laughs> we just kind of read for... Uh, competition and I'm really competitive. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, for better or worse, the AR reading stuff did get me into reading quite a bit as yeah. well. I mean, that's whenever it is I started. Damaging program. It is. But... <laughs> it, it is. There's a lot of issues with it for sure because, like, the way that they judge the quality of the books and which books count for how many points, and like right. they judge the value of the book a lot of times by the length instead of the content right. and things like that, which is just absurd. But, but no, it is a good. It is overall a good thing because that's what got me to read a lot of like yeah. new stuff as well I I started getting into like a lot of series like Harry Potter and stuff like that at that and age. And I feel like so. if it wasn't for stuff like that people wouldn't have access to reading. For sure. The yeah. AR program did bring more books into schools. Yeah. Um. So I will say like congrats on that. Right. Right. <laughs> but to make reading competitive and like like point based. Yeah. Um, I think that that's really difficult because it's hard when you leave school because you're not forced to read anymore right so many people just don't oh yeah yeah (laughs) and i mean that's a whole other conversation we could have about like (laughs) the way the way that school structures reading and the the stuff that you're forced to read in schools and the the expectations and stuff because there's a lot of that as well because my i mean my undergraduate degree was in english education so i was going to teach for a while at a high school level and i just kind of phased out of that so yeah but um, but no, I think that's a really important thing to point out. Um, and I and I've I've also been kind of a lifelong reader. Um, it's I've had a lot more ebbs and flows. There have been times that I've read a lot, and there have been times where I've not read very much at all. Um, and I just I, I, I kind of go through those cycles. This is probably the most consistent that I've stayed with reading. Uh, this year? Since, yeah, <laughs> yeah, since we've been hanging out because right. like that. I think that is the thing that whenever you have somebody else that pushes you to do that and is giving you books right. and you can talk to about the books, I think that that makes a huge difference. And, that, and so know. that's one thing that we're not sure is going to be difficult or not. Um, I can talk about books all day long, right? but me and Aaron talk about books every single day. Yeah. Probably like 50% of our conversations yeah. involve what we're reading, what we're going to read, what we, we watch book recommendations together. Like, yeah. We spend a lot of our time booking right right (laughs) i think that is that is something that i'm concerned about in particular because i want to make sure that we're not like we have have something some surprises yeah something meaningful (laughs) to say you know but you're not gonna know what i'm excited about no yeah right i think think it'll be okay right right there's gonna be a few little things in there but it always you know spirals into conversation anyway and we get a million digressions (laughs) so it doesn't matter Okay, now I think that we can go on to the next Yeah, part. yeah, yeah. So we're going to we're gonna go through some of like our, uh, we have some favorite categories that we want to get into, um, talk about some of our favorites of different genres and some of our favorite genres, favorite authors, a few things like that. Um, is there one that you want to start with? Yeah, is, I kind of want to do genres first, just because okay. that's going to be the simplest. And um, we're not necessarily ranking these no, either. They're not. I can't do that. Yeah, we're not. We're not doing like a My ranked brain does not allow. top five or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah. I, I'm gonna just talk about my genres. Um, so I have like mid fantasy. I say mid fantasy specifically because high fantasy escapes me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's usually so much world building and a lot of made up words and made up languages. Mm-hmm. So like mid fantasy is kind of where I like to drift. Um, I mean, I think I would. I think 
like Priory of the Orange Tree to mm-hmm. me is mid fantasy. Um, Miss Bourne's mid fantasy, and then there's like I think that like Wheel of Time to me would be like high fantasy. Yeah, I might argue Priory's high fantasy, well, but, you but read it. well, I know that. But well, I read <laughs> it's on your list. I read twenty pa- <laughs> I read twenty pages of it, and it felt pretty complicated. So, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also do like a lot of paranormal fantasy romance, and mm-hmm. I think that that's a category in itself. And the reason I didn't keep it in fantasy is because it's so different. Like, that's right. usually a lot more, like, shifter, uh, vampire. It's mm-hmm. sometimes, spi- well, most of the time spicy, Yeah. Um, but it's not spicy-focused. It's like, right. these are these vampires that are in this war, and mm-hmm. they do this, and oops, some spice. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and then, I have, so it's two. Mystery, I mean, mysteries are what I read in between books. Mm-hmm. Um, if I need... Like a come down from a book that I've finished, I'll mm-hmm. read a, a mystery because I usually, ooh, I can usually blaze through them pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, anything like mythology related, especially yeah. Greek mythology, because I study that for fun. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, I cannot tell you the number of like Greek mythology reference books that I have. Reference in quotes. Mm-hmm. Reference books that I have, um, and almost. Every Greek mythology retelling I mm-hmm. want. Yeah. Um, and then the last one would be like cozy fantasy. Um, specifically, anything in the realm of legends and lattes. Mm. Like that just feels good. Yeah. It was easy. It was like fun, mm-hmm. whimsical. Right, yeah. Anything like that. For sure. That's mine. Yeah, I, I went a little bit more broad with mine. I didn't pinpoint them down as much. Um, no, it's fine. I, uh, so I got, I, I've got i got sci-fi, obviously. Um, I've just started getting into sci-fi and everything. Um, and not too, too long ago, I mean, at least a little heavier sci-fi I started getting into. Uh, I put literary fiction just as like a genre. I mean, that's what I studied a lot oh, in a lot college. Too, yeah, it's a lot of what I review as well. Um, but like... I think that I really do genuinely like literary fiction. It usually has the most kind of hard-hitting, like, individual lines for me. It's usually, like, the most, like, relatable in some ways because it's it's typically more realistic and a little more grounded. Not always, obviously, but, like, it typically is. Um, fantasy, just in general, but I think I also shy away from high fantasy uh, a decent amount. Um, the type of fantasy that I tend to read may be, I guess, mid-fantasy as well. But even that, I'm, I realized whenever I was putting this list together, I haven't read a ton of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's mostly, yeah, that's mostly because they're longer books. And oh, I, yeah. and I, oh I, that's, a, that's kind of another thing I wanted to address <coughs> just a little bit. Right. Whenever we go to bookstores, Aaron's ideal book limit, mm-hmm. like his ideal book count is anything under 250. I've yeah. noticed it's like... 200 would be ideal. Yeah. But 250 is like where it's at. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, I want to pay $17.99 for a book and get the most book I can get. Right, right. <laughs> like, I need pages to represent how much I paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I like I like shorter stuff, I think, again, because of my reading speed. Right. I think that helps a lot. And also, like, the shorter it is, it, I, I feel a little bit more accomplished. I feel like I make a little more progress with it. So it's a psychological thing, right. probably. But also, a lot of my favorite books are shorter. I mean, yeah. a decent amount of them are. And I just tend to gravitate towards those. Sorry, but... I just I wanted to mention well, No, no, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't think about bringing that up either. Yeah. Page counts. Right. No, it's fine. <laughs> 
Um, and then I've got uh, like Southern fiction is another one um, because I studied a lot of Southern fiction whenever I was in college, um, and I worked uh, with uh, some Southern fiction authors and. Uh, like some writing courses, creative writing courses, specifically Ron Rash. Um, I worked with him. I took a class with him. Um, it's, again, probably the most relatable because I've grown up in the South my entire life. So, And then last one gets a little more specific. It's probably magical realism. Um, that's something that I didn't even realize that I gravitate towards as much until I started really kind of paying attention to the stuff that I was reading. Um, I mean, that's like, what I pick up for. Yeah, yeah, because I enjoy that. I like I like kind of like a real world with just like a little bit of a skewed magical element to it, something that's just like slightly off, um, or like the magic is kind of commonplace for the world in some way. So, yeah, uh, those are those are my five genres. If it puts magical realism in the blurb, I'm like. Aaron, read this and see if you like it. Right, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even have to read more. <laughs> and I normally do. I normally do like, enjoy it. Because it, it is a genre that it's like there are very few misses that right. I've read. I mean, usually it's... I think it's hard to do it well. But all the ones that I've read, I think, do it pretty well. So, um, all right. What, what's the next um, top five? Right, I think five? that we have is go-to authors. Oh, yeah. I put a really short list. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm also missing some, but I know who I want. Okay. Um, so, I have the Nicholas Sparks... He's not on any of my favorites, but I've read so many of his books, and Mm -hmm. they just, like, I don't want to say they feel good, because they're almost always sad. Right. But they're also set in North Carolina, for the most part, Mm -hmm. and I feel, like, I feel good about that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love North Carolina. Right. (laughs) Um, And then Samantha Shannon, she wrote Priory of the Orange Tree. I've literally only read Priory of the Orange Tree, Mm -hmm. but it was the first book that I, I picked up, like, to get back into, like, regular fantasy right i spent a long time in paranormal fantasy um but this one was like this is an adventure like (laughs) here are kingdoms oh it's it's an adventure um (laughs) okay it's also like over 800 pages yeah 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 (laughs) if you haven't seen it it's a lot yeah um brandon sanderson is my new one um i finished mistborn well final empire from the mistborn series was that i think august i think is when i finished it it's within the last few months oh my god i loved it so much yeah um so, I'm, like, drawn to what he writes now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Laurel K. Hamilton wrote the Anita Blake series, mm-hmm. which was a paranormal fantasy that I read for a long time. And then, oh, gosh, what's her name? You have a book. What's it? What is it? Mm-hmm. Carrie Arthur. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> the yeah. Riley Denson series. Um, that's another paranormal romance. And then Emily Henry is, mm-hmm. like, my newest. She... Is like a romance writer, everything feels like relatable. Yeah, I've read three out of four of her adult books now. I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, three out yeah. of four, and I love them all. Um, I mean, they will make you cry. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Almost, <laughs> but, almost definitely. But in a, but in a, a good way. Right, right. <laughs> a good cry. Those are those are what I have right now. I probably have more, but yeah. No, I think that's a good list. I mean, I, I I enjoy almost all of those authors. I mean, at least the ones of those that I've read stuff right. from. So uh, uh, I've got a, a list. I'll go kind of quickly through it just because um, it's a little scattershot everywhere. But uh, Becky Chambers always comes into my mind, like at the top of the list. Read everything. I've read everything, like the the short story. Well, some of the stuff that's digitally published right. or in like journals or something. Um, I, I haven't read those. Short story in the anthology. Yeah. And- yeah, because she's great. Um, she writes. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> she writes sci-fi. She writes uh, some kind of like some a little bit more like space opera type sci-fi. Yeah, like it's like almost like cozy sci-fi. Yeah, it's always more positive. It's yeah. a more positive view of the future, a more hopeful look at the future. And I, I think just her style is so like approachable. And it's yeah. So she's always on that list. Um, Emily St. John Mandel, uh, quite a bit different. This is a shift between those two. Oh, yeah. uh, she also writes sci-fi or like speculative fiction is kind of the term because it's a little more on the literary side. Um, she wrote uh, Station Eleven is the big one that a lot of people know. Um, that's also adapted into the HBO show that was really good. Um, but she's written some other stuff like The Glass Hotel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Glass Hotel, Sea of Tranquility. That's the only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lola Quartet. Um, there's several. Yeah, singers. Uh, singer's Gun or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I haven't read all of her books, but I've read three or four of them. And I like her stuff a lot. <clears throat> a lot less approachable writing style. Um, it's more dense. It takes a little while to get through it, but it is really well-written stuff, really beautiful writing. It, it, it is. Yeah, it's it great. It's a little bit more difficult for me because literary fiction is not really yeah. something I gravitate towards. Um, and I listened to it on Libby mm-hmm. like, through all the audio. <sighs> I probably should have read it. Yeah, it makes it even more <laughs> difficult. And uh, uh, I got Barbara Kingsolver on here. Um, at the um, oh gosh, what's the butterfly book? All of a sudden, flight behavior. behavior. Yeah, that's the one that got me into her stuff. And I've bought a lot of her books, and I haven't read many (laughs) of the other ones. Um, But she writes uh, a lot about like uh, ecology, a lot about the environment. She's very concerned about like plant life and ecosystems and animals. And she has great descriptions and interesting characters that move pretty quickly. And uh, Demon Copperhead came out uh, recently, and that book just blew up. Beautiful yeah. rainbow hologram cover. Yeah. If you're interested, you gotta get that book. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. And that book's like racking up awards too. Oh, yeah. It just it seems great. Um and then I got uh Jeff Vandermeer on here. The only thing I've read by him was Annihilation. Um, uh, but I liked it so much and it sat with me. Um he writes also sci-fi, a little bit like cosmic horror sort yeah. of. Um it's, it's a little creepy. love it's a little Lovecraftian with like some body horror and mm-hmm. Things that you can't understand and creatures you can't understand. Yeah, for sure. And um, and yeah, Annihilation has turned into a movie as well. The movie's pretty good. The, <laughs> yeah, very different. <laughs> the book's really good though. Um, and then uh, I got I put Pierce Brown. Uh, only read Red Rising, the first one, but it it was amazing. I think that took both of us yeah, kind of by storm for so a few days. Really quick sidebar. Yeah. Um, Aaron told me a lot about Red Rising as he was Almost it. all of it, yeah. All, yeah, and if a character got hurt, if a character died, if yeah. something major happened, like, Aaron told me about it. Yeah. And then I still read it, probably maybe like two weeks after yeah. you finished it, so it was still fresh in my mind, and every single one of those moments was still impactful. For sure, yeah. I still cried when I was supposed to, I still, like felt what I should have felt even though I knew what was going to happen and I was still surprised. Well, I think it's like the, his pacing and that's what yeah. people always talk about with Pierce Brown is like it's just breakneck speed to yeah. the pacing and it's just every single chapter has action, it has new revelations, it has uh, character development and it's it's fast. It's really mm-hmm. fast moving and um, yeah, I really want to read Golden Sun soon. That's but the only TV Right, right. <laughs> 
Um, and then uh, last two that I got are a little bit more literary authors because they impacted me pretty deeply um, in my studies. Toni Morrison and Chinua Achebe. Um, I studied a lot of African literature, specifically Nigerian and South African literature for my degree. Um, and a lot of African-American literature and, you know, Toni Morrison, um, Beloved in particular, was probably the most impactful book that I'd seen by her or read uh, by her and at that time. And of course, Things Fall Apart by China Wachebe. If you know anything about African literature, he's basically the godfather of African literature. He created the genre, more or less, the quote-unquote genre. It's debatable how we use that term <laughs> genre for, uh, you know, a whole continents of work, but... Um, but both incredible writers, incredible storytellers, um, great, interesting uh, material in those books as or the books that they write as well. So, um, do you want to move into genre picks, or do you want to do like our top five uh, overall? I think there's going to be so much overlap. I think that, we should do our genre picks just okay. because of the overlap. Okay, and those are going to be a little bit quicker. All right. Um, you want to do yours, or you want me to do mine? I can do mine. I was okay. trying to figure out the author of one of the books that I read, uh-huh. but I cannot find it. And because it was that book of essays <coughs> that I wrote or that I read. Oh, the yeah. It's fine. I'll, it's fine. No, it's fine. Um, so we have a list of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, ten. That's a good number. <laughs> of ten genres. That worked well. That we picked favorites for. And mm-hmm. these, are, these are really like current favorites. These are not necessarily like all time favorites, but yeah. these are the ones that like. Almost like like um, word association. When yeah. you think of these things, this is the book that comes comes up. Right. So, do you want to you want to alternate back and forth? Like I you, think we should. Okay, I think that works for this. Um. So for mystery and thriller, I think we have the same one. Mm-hmm. Um. So we both chose a history of wild places by Shay Earnshaw. That that was a book that Aaron had me read. Um. I don't remember why actually. I think I just recommended it really strongly. Oh, it was the first book. That you recommended me to read. Yeah. And it took me two months to read it. Um, yeah. It took me two months to pick it up. I got, because I got like an early copy of it to review, and then I ended up not reviewing it because I got something else that, <laughs> that came through even faster, and I usually just do one review um, per year. But like, yeah, I, I, but I read it afterwards, really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. and it's also my favorite mystery thriller. Yeah, I really so. liked it. It really is so difficult to explain what it's about yeah. without giving up so much. But yeah. basically there's like, a missing girl, and the family has hired this man to track her. Yeah. Um, and then he goes missing. Yeah. And that's kind of where the story starts and then picks up. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not going to talk about it anymore because right. I, when I finished it, I sat with it for longer than I think any book at that time. Yeah. What's... Um, and I still think about it today. Like, what... I, I want to reread it. I want her to write more adult fiction because this yeah. was her debut, like, adult fiction. Adult fiction she mostly writes YA, I yeah. believe. And I haven't I read, read any of the YA. I haven't either. But yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. And also, the cover is, like, weird. Yeah. Pretty. It looks like a Rorschach oh, ink blot, but, like... but a forest. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's, that's the mystery and thriller. We both chose that one. Um, for fantasy, I chose A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. Um, there is a show, ooh, I don't know where the show is, but there is now a TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a really good fantasy about a woman who is magical, but kind of refuses to use her magic. Mm. And then, so it's a three book series. 
Um, I have only read the first two mm-hmm. because I have a really hard time finishing series. Yeah, that's, that's another <laughs> but thing. But I've read the yeah. first book probably three times. Right. So that's a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, for my fantasy, I actually picked The Hobbit. Like I said, I haven't read a lot of fantasy, especially recently. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that whenever I think of fantasy, I think that might be like the pinnacle of fantasy yeah. for me. And I know that's like a kind of cliche answer that's something that's that Tolkien good. wrote. But I, I take that over The Lord of the Rings especially because Lord of the Rings is a lot more dense and dark and difficult the Hobbit is like one of the most perfect journey stories that well, I've ever Lord read. Is the Hobbit, but in three books. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. It's and but it, I mean not to say the Lord of the Rings isn't good, right. but like yeah, the Hobbit. It's just again, it moves well. It's a good journey. Great descriptions, but not too much. It the prose isn't overwrought or anything like mm-hmm. that, which it feels like it is in places in the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy. But yeah, that I has read to that be. one a lot too. Actually, yeah, I studied it. For college, I studied it in high school, and I think I read it for the first time in middle school because it's not an adult book. It's no, not labeled no. adult. I think it's labeled children's fiction. I think I it think. is or something. Or I, maybe like middle grade fiction. It's probably middle grade, yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I have like two different copies of it. I've read it two or three times easily. Um, it's very good. I think it's an easy pick up and read. And uh, so sci-fi is the next category. And I've got, really quickly, uh, The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. That's a Becky Chambers book. It's the first book in the Wayfarers series. I think that that might be the best place to jump into her work yeah. because it's a it's a just a space journey, um, but it's really so it's really more of a character study. It's a um, a woman named Rosemary. She gets a job on a tunneling ship that cuts wormhole tunnels basically for space travel. Um, and on this tunneling ship, uh, she has a secret. I won't spoil any of that. It's not a huge reveal, but she has a kind of a secret about like her past a little bit. Um, but you just get to know all of the characters, all the crewmates that are on the ship and the captain and on a very deep level. And you start caring about all of these characters well, so much. Well, not Orville at all. Like that yeah. kind of reminds me of that. It's kind of that. Yeah. Like, it's just like fun space yeah it's there's not a lot of very high stakes i mean there's a few tense moments and a little bit of like you know anxiety to it but for the most part it really is just getting to know those characters and enjoying that kind of trip to the small angry planet where they're trying to you know do this job that's like a really high profile uh tunneling job but i love that one my favorite sci-fi is red rising yeah uh, by pierce brown so i mean i talked about it so i'm not going to talk about it a lot but i mean it if you can have a book spoiled for you, and I don't want to call, I don't want to say spoiled to the point where like I, it's like negative because I wanted Aaron to tell me about it, mm-hmm. but if you can have a book detailed for you and still feel the way you're supposed to feel, I think that that's very telling. Right. And so that's definitely my favorite sci-fi. Yeah. And no. also, it's like um, another uh, a YouTuber called it. Uh, what did she say? <sighs> like hard rock, I think is what she said, or heavy metal. That's what heavy it metal. The entire yeah. read is like heavy metal, and she's right. I think that is that's a good way to describe it because yeah, it's a it's it's a very again fast paced book, very intense. There's a lot of like action and stuff like that. Um, it, it again great. It it would have been up there if I didn't enjoy Becky Chambers as much as I do. Like honestly, that that would have been that would have been my pick. Um. And then we've got a nonfiction book, which is something that neither of us read a ton of, 
Um, but, well, I mean, we're both kind of getting into it a little bit more now. Mine but. is very specific. Mm-hmm. I used to read a lot of memoirs. That's kind of where my, like, nonfiction networking was, mm-hmm. uh, was memoirs. And I read a lot of those. And I really liked them. Um, last year, we went to a bookstore in uh, Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I can't think of what it's called. Oh, Epilogue Books. Oh, yeah. I, I can never in remember Chapel the Hill. name of it. And they have an entire essay <coughs> section. And I'm not really an essay person, mm-hmm. but I think I kind of picked it up because I wanted to impress Aaron a little bit. That's fine. <laughs> um, and it's called Body Language, I think. And it's a, a collection of essays on body. And it's like body positivity, body negativity. And just it was just so captivating that it kind of opened me up for new nonfiction. Um, I've picked up a lot of like genre, uh, gender studies, women's studies. Oh, thank you. Body Language, Writers on Identity, Physicality, and Making Space for Ourselves by Nicole Chung and Matt Ortil. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, I can't. I, I think I was reading some passages to Aaron like while I was reading the, the book itself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever been more excited about a nonfiction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the energy that you had with that book was just, it was noticeable from the beginning. Because, like, that, and it is, like, a really poignant book. Like, it's on topics that are super, super important. Like, again, related to identity, our bodies, how we relate to our bodies. I mean, I plan on reading it, obviously, but, like, I don't know when it'll be. I oh think, my gosh, it's here. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I think, yeah. So, like, I do plan on reading it soon because you enjoyed it just so yeah. much. And, but. I mean, it was quick. Yeah. But... I don't, I don't think I have any faults with it. For sure, yeah. So, uh, my pick for nonfiction is also a collection of essays called They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us. This is one of those books that ever since I finished it, I think about it at least once a week, um, at least uh, like a little bit in passing. Um, I'm going to try to pronounce his name. I apologize because his name is a little bit difficult for me to pronounce. Uh, his name is uh, Hanif Abdurakib. Uh, and it's just the best cover ever. It's a wolf in like a tracksuit wearing a giant gold link chain. It's just the greatest thing. But um, this is a book of essays that is also uh, about kind of identity and uh, our hobbies and our enjoyments and the way that we love art and engage with art, and it's specifically centered mostly, at least, around music. So each of them is looking at different genres of music, uh, specific experiences at concerts, different types of music, specific artists, and stuff like that. Um, and it's pretty interesting for anybody, but especially if you're like really into music and identity and those spaces. I mean, there's one essay in there about Fallout Boy that I think about on a regular basis because... The he, longest essay. It is, yeah. <laughs> and he, he blends so many different things about the history of the group and uh, his identity as being a black man that's interested in punk music uh, and his space in that genre. And it's just, yeah, it's incredible. There's a lot There's a lot of stuff that I could say about it, but it's, it's a, a very, very good book. Um, next one is A Young Adult. And I chose a pretty simple, kind of quick one. This is more nostalgia than anything else, and I can identify some issues with the book for sure. But uh, it's uh, Paper Towns by John Green. Um, That might be, that's one of the first young adult books that I read as an adult, I think, that I can remember at least. 
Um, and I very much enjoyed it. It's a great coming of age story. Um, uh, it it kind of follows the manic pixie dream girl kind of trope a little bit, uh, but there there's enough kind of unique qualities to it, and the ending in particular, I think, uh, kind of directly addresses that trope and directly confronts that trope. So I, I actually I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed. That was one that you had me read last year too. Yeah, and it it's was, it was good. It's yeah, such it a quick, quick read. Yeah, yeah. It was so quick. And, I think that. The way that John Green writes, mm-hmm. it's it's the most approachable it's writing. It's almost like yeah. like approachable literary. Yeah, if that was a thing to an extent. Like yeah, if that yeah. was like a genre. It was mm-hmm. it, it was a thinker, but yeah. it was still fluffy. Yeah, and everybody knows John Green, so like right. there's no we need to really, yeah, yeah. how great he writes. Right, right. <laughs> Every, I'm pretty sure everyone knows who he is. But, uh, what's your young adult? Mine is the City of Bones series. Um, I have read four out of the six mm-hmm. uh, by Cassandra Clare. Um, so, I it, the first book is good, but they just get better. Mm-hmm. And the they had a movie which was mediocre, right? But a show called Shadowhunters that was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then there's been I think we looked it up the other day. There was like six other spinoff books, so there's a series of twelve. I yeah, think. Yeah, um, so. And I also really like this series because I bought it for Aaron for mm-hmm. Christmas as one of his 12 books. I bought the, the entire set. Yeah, the whole box actually. set. Yeah. And I have the box set. <coughs> and we did a tandem read mm-hmm. this year of City of Bones. And we plan on doing a tandem read for the rest. But, I mean, it's kind of a really cool thing that we did because we almost created a book club out of it. Yeah. So yeah. we would read up to page like 100 and then we would talk about it. Mm-hmm. Read up to page 200 and then we would talk about it. And I, I really like it. It's like quick and fun, and the 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 magic is different, and mm-hmm. I just thought it was really cool. Yeah. No, I I love the first one. I thought it was really good. There's, It, it was an easy, quick read. Um, a lot of action, good pacing, everything. Yeah, I, I look forward to getting back to back to those pretty soon, hopefully. <laughs> right? Yeah. We need to. <laughs> with, with everything else that right. we have Right, all the on. other yeah. things that we're reading. Right. <laughs> Um, so the next category we have is general fiction. I chose The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. It was actually the first book that I read by him. And then I read Angels and Demons, which technically comes first in the series. But The Da Vinci Code was a really interesting book because it came out kind of with like a pushback on religion mm-hmm. a little bit. And I think that's why it's so popular. Apparently it's like one of the top ten wasn't it like top 10 most sold books or something like that? Something Which like that. Yeah. I thought it was insane because everything else is classic. Right. And this is, there's like a five book series and it sells just as much as like, almost right. as much as like Harry Potter series. And right. there's like eight of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's only five books in the series and it's about like symbols and <laughs> symbology. And symbology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the word you're looking for is symbolism. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's religious iconography broken down. Yeah. Basically. And there's always like science in the, like there's elements of science, elements of history and like archaeology and, you know, historiography. If you you like, um, national treasure or, um, even like Indiana Jones, I feel like, I feel like that's why the Robert Langdon books got popular. For sure. Is for the. Indiana Jones and that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I've only read like part of Angels and Demons. I'm still reading that. It's one of the ten for okay. this year. 
And uh, it, it is written to be a movie, it feels oh, like. Yeah. Like, it feels like it. each chapter is fairly short. It's a scene. You can visualize almost all of it. They leave each scene with kind of a cliffhanger. It almost feels like it, a pan to next scene. It does. <laughs> yeah. It genuinely does. But it's, yeah, it's very good. It's very, very readable. It's just, yeah. Uh, my general fiction pick, which overlaps with a couple of other areas, it's also very literary, I would argue, uh, is Beloved uh, by Toni Morrison. Um, like I said earlier, that's one of the books that had a giant impact on me. Um, I, you know, Obviously, a, a very well-known book, uh, kind of a ghost story, but a lot to do with like the history of slavery, the impact of slavery, the impact of racism the kind of generational trauma that comes out of uh, difficult experiences, how that's passed on to children. I mean, there's just a lot of very heavy, dark themes to that book. But I think that it's one of the most incredibly important pieces of literature that we should all read, um, especially if you live in the United States. I think that it's... Which I don't think I've read. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's understandable, though. It, it's a fairly short book, but it is very dense, and it's overwhelming. And there were chapters of that book when I was reading it for uh, college class where I sincerely felt like I was going into a fugue state, almost. The way that that is written, it creates almost like this ethereal feeling that is like a little creepy a little overwhelming and like i had to take breaks like i was having to pause and take breaks just because it's just the emotion of it and the way that it's written and the stuff that happens in that book is really powerful so that's my pick for general fiction but it could very easily be literary which is kind of funny because like my pick for literary fiction kind of is the same like that Mm -hmm. impactful moment is to kill a mockingbird right um i mean i feel like i don't need to talk about it because most (laughs) people have read it yeah but, you know, yeah. not, not you. Oh. Um, so most people have read it, and it's equally as impactful. I mean, right. it's a little, like, there's a little problematic because it's still like a like a white savior, white savior complex yeah. type situation. Right. But at the end of the day, it it's an important read. For sure. And so yeah. I think that everybody should read it. I fully agree with you. I think everyone should read it. And my pick for literary (laughs) fiction is uh, actually Station Eleven. Uh, I mentioned it uh, whenever I talked about Emily St. John Mandel. Um, It's the one book that she has that a lot of people probably know because of the film. Um, It's a sort of post-apocalyptic book where society is trying to recreate itself. Um, But it specifically follows a group of traveling musicians and theater players what the, a theater troupe that's the term i'm looking for um and, it, and it's interesting it, it it points out the things that make us human and the things that are important for society and culture i think that a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff focuses on the more technical things it's like well how do we start growing food again how do we start uh you know making sure we have clean water how do we do x y and z Uh, on a practical level but this book reminds us that we need practical things but we also very much need art and culture yeah it's like a culture saving situation yeah like where most places don't care about culture anymore they're just Mm -hmm. they just care about the surviving of it where this is you were telling me it was like like if culture was the way to save the people. Yeah, it essentially is. And and it's it's them traveling between towns putting on productions of mostly Shakespeare stuff. Um and it's just it's it's fascinating. It's very, very good. It's well written, again, very dense, and there is a decent amount of action and some dark scenes. 
and things like that, regardless of how it sounds. Um, uh, and then next we did graphic novel uh, because we wanted to throw one of those in there because we, fun. yeah, and we both love comics and graphic novels and stuff like that. I mean, we're looking at boxes of comics <laughs> on the floor right now. Um, I chose Saga for this one. I feel like if you're into graphic novels at all right now or comics at all right now, uh, then you know what Saga is. It's by uh, Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn's my favorite uh, comic writer by far. Uh, it's very literary uh, in its themes and its development of characters, but it's also very just overall impactful in terms of just like the the action and the pacing. And it's a giant space opera love story about um, two aliens from separate like kind of feuding sides of a generational war that fall in love with each other and go rogue basically to be together. It's like yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Alive. Yeah, and was a space opera. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's very good. It's vulgar. It's funny. It's kind of crass humor. Um, it's yeah. It's it's incredible. And again, if you keep up with graphic novels at all, you know about it. I mean, every everybody is reading it basically and putting it on a lot of their lists of like, you know, the best new graphic novels and everything. People are just eager for each issue to come out. So it's very good. I did the Adventure Zone. Um, if you know anything about D&D, if you know anything about like D&D podcasting. Um, so the Adventure Zone is a comedy D&D podcast that they then turned into graphic novel. And it's, it's so close to the podcast that if you've read it, or if you've listened to it, you've probably read it. But the art is so good. Like I, I, I think they're on the fifth one, and I have all five. And I just, I love it so much. So that's what I've put for graphic novel. Um, I mean, there are some other ones that were really close, but I think this is the first graphic novel I started collecting. And then after that, it just yeah ballooned. Right. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. And uh, horror to kind of shift and change directions a little bit. So uh, my favorite horror book uh, is called Build Your House Around My Body by Violet Cooper Smith. Um, this book is wild and difficult to explain. Um, so it ties in a lot to, uh, like Vietnamese history, uh, a lot about Vietnam as a place and as a culture. Um, and it, it ties in some folklore and superstition. It's a, also a ghost story. Um, a lot of body horror in this one. Uh, and it jumps around a lot between different characters that, sort of are doing their own thing and going through their own traumatic lives and engaging with the traumatic history of Vietnam and Vietnamese culture. And then they, their lives sort of collide throughout the book in different ways. And it sounded like, so when you were describing it to me, mm -hmm. it almost sounded like you were saying that the author almost had to have one of those like murder boards. Yeah. <laughs> where yeah. She like draws strings to each character. It's so, <laughs> it's so complex and I have no idea how she tied it all together so neatly and made every character feel like they naturally engaged with each other. Um, but again, it is totally a folk tale. It's totally like a, like a modern folk folk tale that ties in like the history colliding with the present moment and just the ways in which, you know, mistakes that were made in the past and atrocities of the past influence the current day and continue to come back to haunt us. And 
uh, yeah, just a, a, a real, real cultural tour de force type book. So. Yeah, it was uh, the book that I got you for the modern mm-hmm. folk tale retelling. Yeah, like yeah. It was, de- it was one of the best books that I read last year, for sure. Maybe this year. Was that this year? It was this year. Oh, I thought, no, it wasn't. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. We're still, I, I did, we're still in this year. Yeah. 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 That's right. Okay. But that's mine. Uh, what's your horror? Mine pick? is Misery, which was another one of the top ten that I was supposed to read for the year. I cannot tell you enough how fast I read this book. Like, once I got into it, I devoured it. Annie Wilkes is probably the most memorable character from any book that I have read. Mm-hmm. I want to say this year just to be safe. Right. Um, you cannot find a weirder character. Right. <laughs> but Misery, I mean, it's been around so long by Stephen King. I don't know if I said that. Yeah. Um, it's been around so long that most people probably have read it. Yeah. Or, or seen, seen the movie. The movie. The and I have amazing. not read it or seen the movie up until like two months ago. Yeah. Still, still haven't <laughs> seen the movie. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I really liked Misery. Um. It, it's, I, I struggle with calling it horror, but that is what it's labeled. Mm-hmm. It's like horrifying. Yeah. But I don't know that it's like hardcore horror. It's, I would classify it as more, almost like more like thriller suspense. Yeah. But with like psychological horror and elements to it. That's probably what it is. Because yeah. it was definitely a psychological horror. Because I mean, it, it, trigger warning, there is torture in it. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. There's, <laughs> there's some pretty brutal but it's, stuff. it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. No, it's a great book. And I think we have the same one for romance. Uh, so we got Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Um, we read this book together. Was that in May or when? Last year. Last year. In May. In May. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. No, because we met last year in May. That's right. <laughs> oh, Happy Place was in May of this, this year. year. That's yeah. what it was, so which is her newest book. book Lovers probably like July. Something like that, yeah. Maybe later. Yeah. Maybe August. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first book that we read together, I think, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like, like we were reading a romance while developing our relationship. Yeah. So I think it has a soft spot in our hearts, but it's also just really good. Yeah, it's also because great. Yeah. They're book lovers, and we're book lovers. Like, right. That seems pretty like on the nose, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's good. Yeah. And what's we've a, what's a lot the... of, we've read a lot like similar to that and it right. still holds up. What, you want to give a little background on the book? Just, uh, just no. A, no? <laughs> okay. We don't have to. <laughs> no, it's fine. No. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> okay. I... I'm joking. Um so it's a oh gosh. I don't remember anyone's names if that's what yeah, you're going to Yeah, me neither. But so it's a ago. editor. Yeah. Oof. Never mind. I can't tell you. you. We also read Meet Me in the Margins this year. Yeah, which is somewhat similar. And that's why I'm having similar, a really yeah. difficult time separating the, the two. I do know that Book Lovers was better. Yeah. So, but, so it's a, it's a, is, aren't they both editors, technically? Oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah, they're both editors, and they're from different publication houses, I believe. Uh, you can tell we love this book because we're does both have, stumbling. Does, so does it have the exact same? No, no, no. Because they because this is the one where they go back to his hometown. She yes. goes she goes there because she is going to be editing a book 
Uh, and she wants to go there and get to know the town and everything. And she meets uh, the other editor there, bumps into him, and then they develop a relationship around the town and like shared yep. books that they enjoy. You're right. Yeah. And she's supposed to not be working because she's visiting her sister. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be more of a vacation, Ooh, okay. but she enjoys it a lot. Yeah. Okay, so Meet Me in the Margins is one that we read this year yeah. because it reminded us of book lovers. And obviously. And it's a very yeah. similar premise. And right. so I didn't want to mix up the two. No, of course. But yeah. they. Oh my gosh, they're so similar. Right. But but I would like to say that book lovers in particular, the strong point is they are good characters. Uh, they're interesting. They have unique personalities. Uh, it, it feels like a little bit more of a progressive romance. It doesn't feel very objectifying. It doesn't feel... Uh, toxic necessarily um it's sort of enemies to lovers type plot as well because they they're butting heads a lot initially um but they slowly develop their relationship and start to it's because she's a literary agent an agent okay he's an editor that's right i I just had to look up the thing i i I understand now why i got confused because he's like trying to get her to become an editor at one point because he says that she would enjoy that a lot so Anyway, uh, that's <laughs> yeah, it's our favorite book. That's that's book lovers, <laughs> which is a great romance book. It's a great kind of step into the genre too because it's funny, yeah. but it's also about like self love as well. And it's not like a like cheesy. Yeah, no, it's nowhere near. Yeah, that. yeah. All right, so the last section of kind of favorites, we thought that it would be a good idea to do just a overall top five current favorites again not ranked just listed out and a lot of these are going to overlap with some of our favorites from individual genres so we'll talk about the ones that don't overlap as much and try to get into those a little bit more so um do you want to give the rundown of yours yeah i'm gonna go through all five just to kind of knock them out go for it uh no particular order Uh, i'm gonna start with frankenstein by mary shelley at this point i have five copies i think i think so um but they're all different copies. They, so there's like a 1918 version. I have the Junji Ito uh, mm-hmm. graphic novel. Right. I have, well, manga, I guess. Technically, Because I, yeah. I also have a graphic novel version of it, I think. Yep, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a scientific annotation version. Um, each one that I have is really cool and unique. And I think it's a really cool and unique story. I do wish that I had my original one. Mm-hmm. Because I had all my notes in it from every single time I studied it in school. Right. Um, Book Lovers by Emily Henry, which we talked about. Um, The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers is Mm -hmm. on there, which we've already talked about that. I also have No Gods, No Monsters by Cadwell Turnbull, which is book one of the Convergence Saga. I read that this year. I blazed through that book. Um, It's so captivating and current and it talks about like struggles of today's world but in a like fantasy setting because there's like monsters mm-hmm. quotes because they're yeah. monsters right um and how the world views people that's different than them basically yeah um the book two comes out in november which i'm really excited about mm-hmm. and i just found out today that he has another book that i didn't know so mm-hmm. i'm gonna pick that one up about aliens. Oh. Um, and then the last one on my list is Miss Born by Brandon Sanderson, which I talked about that, I think. I believe so, yeah. Already. So, yeah, I really like the magic in Miss. Well, sorry, it's Final Empire, but the copy that I had had Miss Born, so I think it got reprinted uh-huh. 
and yeah. it became Final Empire. Right. Is this the first in the Mistborn yeah. series, though? Yeah. And so um, the magic is really neat, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of I don't know the the magic kind of remind me of like like a like an anime. Yeah. Because there's like pushing and pulling and. I just really like that. So that's my top five current. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's the biggest disclaimer I think that we should put on this is that, again, with more time, we would probably change these up a decent amount. But this is like our come to mind right now top five. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So almost all of mine I've already talked about. Um, So The Long Way to Small Angry Planet as well. Talked about that already. The Becky Chambers book. Build Your House Around My Body, again, uh, talked about that. Violet Cooper Smith, Station Eleven, talked about that. That's Emily St. John Mandale. Uh, They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us, Uh, the uh, Book of Essays, talked about that as well as my favorite nonfiction. Uh, And then the only one that I haven't talked about is The Count of Monte Monte Cristo. I could have put that down for my literary favorite as well, um, but... It's more of like a classic, and I mean, people know what The Count of Monte Cristo is at this point by Alexander Dumas. Um, Really good book, series uh, of uh, unfortunate things happen to this man, lands him in prison. Uh, He plans and plots and preps to get revenge on the people who landed him in prison, and then he escapes. Uh, gets a fortune, uses that fortune to exact revenge, and throughout the story learns that, you know, revenge isn't great. <laughs> Which is like a, kind of a, a common plot for a lot of stories, but it, it's uh, it's incredible. It's a very long book. I think it was originally written in French, I think, um, so it's translated into English. Um, it takes a long time to read. Uh, it was written a very long time ago, um, but yeah, it still sticks with me. Um, I read a, that for the first time for my AR reading test. Yeah, yeah, it's like an all-time classic. I mean, it really is, and a lot of people know what it is already. But that's a, a super important one. So, those are my five. Yeah, I think this really just kind of wraps up this like first episode, which mm-hmm. we're going to be like it's going to be episode zero. Yeah. Um, th- we just wanted to tell you about us and give you some idea as to what we like to read Mm -hmm. maybe you can relate to us in some way based on what we read and if you can't we're still gonna reference things that we don't typically read Mm -hmm. because we want to reach a wide audience yeah um we want to also broaden our reading scope Mm -hmm. which i think that we're doing little by little um yeah Basically, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just setting up the podcast for this first one, just letting everybody know kind of what to expect, what the structure is, and everything. Um, and if you listen to this episode, then episode one is also available. The official episode one is available um, uh, because these are going to drop on the same day uh, at the same time. So uh, we're going to move on to record episode one. Yeah. So, Yay. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you to everybody that's listened, uh, that stuck with us throughout this. I know it was a pretty long conversation, uh, but I think we, uh, you know, you got an idea of who we are and what this podcast is, and hopefully you'll stick around for more and episodes. We're working on our socials, like right now, we literally just set up our email yeah. and just created our Instagram. Right. I think we're talk booky um, at yeah. Instagram, and. There is nothing on there currently. Right. So yeah, yeah. We're very new. Don't, yeah. Well, maybe by the time this hits, there'll be like 
a picture of our TBR right. or something. Something like <laughs> or that. Or maybe yeah. like a picture of us. Something, something, something <laughs> might be there. That'll be something. Yeah. yeah, but those things are going to grow as the show grows and as we stick with it and kind of continue to, to develop some content. But for right now, that's what we got. Um, and we're going to wrap this one up. So we really appreciate everybody listening and we hope that you'll stick with us and, uh, you know, get some recommendations from us and learn yeah, a little bit about books. Check out episode one. Yeah. If not, like we would love for you, we would love to say something that captivates you enough for you guys to keep listening. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I mean, we have episode zero and episode one. So yeah. hopefully something in those two episodes is, has really caught your attention. Um, we don't really have a way for us to like filter anybody else listening mm-hmm. and, and commenting just yet yeah because we're still getting our our socials and our emails and everything set up but be on the lookout for that yeah absolutely all right well i think that's all all right all right, all right. bye, bye.